Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with We Go grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbow, English teacher at We Go since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgieff, class of 2022. Today, I'm excited to talk to class of 2015's Evelyn Almonte, engineer at ComEd. Evelyn will share with us how her love of science and elementary school set her on track to a career in engineering. Be sure to check out the episode notes as Evelyn shares helpful links about energy-saving ideas and scholarship opportunities through ComEd. Joining us today from the class of 2015, Evelyn Almonte. Evelyn, tell us what you do. Hi, thank you for having me, first of all. So it's nice to, to be back to the roots a little bit. And yeah. currently, I am an associate engineer for ComEd. So I am in the rotational program right now, meaning that I do three rotations before I get placed in my final position. So what does each rotation entail? Is it a different focus on a type of uh, kind of placement in the company or specialty? Yes. So it's three rotations. Each rotation is eight weeks. So I'm about to be done with my first one, actually, this upcoming week. And that one is called regional design engineering. So basically we're in charge of placing the poles, replacing them, knowing what equipment goes where, um, making sure that everything's up to date and it passes standards. So it's a lot of nitty gritty behind the scenes that we kind of take for granted if you're just driving around. Uh, and then the next rotation, it'll probably be testing, which I'll be working in a substation. So like testing equipment, making sure everything's fine. I can't really tell you the details because I'm not part of that yet. And then the third one is still kind of up for grabs. It just depends on which department is available. I was wondering if you could maybe walk us back. When did you realize that you had an aptitude for the sciences? Did that, did that start at WeGo? When when did you know that that you had the mind for uh, for science? I want to say pretty young, probably elementary school. I was always like science nerd, math nerd. So I just kind of seem right to go into STEM. Uh, just like I was very in tune with my numbers and it all just made sense in that way. So getting to high school, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do for the future. And I took one of those tests that we do where it's like, what would be a good career for you? So it ended up being a lot of engineering. And I was like, well, I think I can pick one of these. And I ended up actually doing chemical engineering for my undergrad. And then I ended up doing a master's in energy engineering. So it just kind of became like a, like a, like a snowball and it ended up me being here currently. So where, so tell me about some of the classes that you took uh, initially. So you went to COD first, then you went to UIC. What were some of the cool classes that you remember taking that really kind of made you really appreciate like, yeah, I chose wisely. This is what I should be doing. 
I think just any STEM related class. Uh, I think I'll take it back to high school. I really enjoyed chemistry and I knew I wanted to do something in that field, but I didn't want to teach. Kudos to teachers. That was just not for <laughs> me. Um, but so that's how I ended up picking chemical engineering because it was such a broad form of engineering that you could go literally into medical, food related, process related, uh, like you name it, petroleum, nuclear. So I thought that was the way to go because then later on I could figure out what to do. And then just doing my undergrad, I found that I got like a little niche into the energy sector. So that's what led me to pursue a master's in it. Did you have any, like, were there any kind of like really cool labs that you worked on uh, in college where that you're like, that you had access to really cool technology that maybe made you find that niche field of electrical engineering or, or energy engineering, I should say? Uh not per se like directly electrical, but I did have a lot of cool labs. My senior year, we had a lot of process engineering labs. So like columns to separate chemicals or like sort of like mini versions of what you would see out in industry. That was pretty cool. Uh, But what really changed my mind more towards energy was one of my electives at my senior year, which was renewable energy. And it just kind of sparked something that I was like, this is what I was missing. This is what I needed to see. And uh, like, I think energy field, you make such a big difference and it's used every day and it's not going to go anywhere but but up. So I think that's what really geared me into into that direction. I think that's such a uh, an interesting topic that so many people want to get their, their, their arms around, which is the potential for renewables. What was something that uh, really kind of sparked your interest in renewables or, or something that you think that has the most potential to be a real game changer in terms of things that you maybe worked on or research that you've read with that? So I think one of the project that I did my senior year for that class was actually uh, creating a solar farm for a like a location in Yemen. So we saw that in that location, there's a need for a lot of things, not just water, but also like energy. So we wanted to do sort of an experiment and like trial run at tackling that problem. So just being able to provide per se, like big enough batteries to store energy and be able to distribute it later on. uh, I think it just kind of showed the impact of that sort. And yeah, it's just, Things like that, um, and I. The second part to your question was. Um, I'm trying to oh, it, which what's the part that is like like that you see the most potential or excites you the most about maybe being a game changer? Uh, I would say just what's coming with a lot of renewable energy, like solar, wind, and also electric vehicles. I think now we're striving to do more in that direction just within the company of comed i know they're pushing for our fleet and we have a lot of cars and a lot of a lot of trucks like everywhere um, they're trying to push for more electric vehicles themselves just because uh, that's where we're heading towards and the challenge now is to get those superchargers and like stations up ready for the grid because they do take a lot of energy and they do take a lot of load uh, on that end you know, it's interesting. You were talking about that you were in the field that you initially began with in your undergrad was chemical engineering, and that there were so many options that you could have 
maybe later pursued. Was there any one of those options that were, were was like most interesting to you? You said that there's like agricultural and or there's a different uh, f- within foods and some of these other uh, areas with chemi- chemical engineering. Was there any one that uh, almost kind of made you want to commit to one that was like really in- more interesting than others? I think I always wanted to do something for the greater good. Um, I did look into water uh, as well. sort of like water reclamation, water treatments and stuff like that. One of my projects was actually on a water treatment my senior year. That was my capstone paper. Um, So it was either water or energy. That's where I kind of had to hone down on where my my future was going to go towards. What's a capstone project like in the engineering program? Like what is that? What what, how do you arrive at a inquiry question and how do you research it and how do you uh, present it? And more specifically, like, you know, how, how did yours uh, turn out? Sure. Yeah. I think that was one of my favorite things and one of the most stressful things as well. <laughs> so my senior year, our first semester, we do sort of a trial um, project, like many projects that kind of prepare us for our final semester capstone project. So in my department, we would do something tackling either like finance, and then you go and tackle a certain specific of how to model a process. And then it would be something along the lines of how to present and how to put it together. So there was many projects throughout the first semester that kind of prepped us into that mindset of what we would have to do overall for the next semester. Um, And what led to that was more of, we also had mentors from industry. So that was super helpful to kind of pick their brain and get an insight of what they themselves have been through to do a project of the sort in a smaller timeline for our sake. Um, and so after we finished the first semester, we started our, our main project with, I would say like November, December is when we started. Since this was uh, like first semester, we started thinking of what kind of project we wanted because there was different sorts of projects available such as chemicals, such as energy, such as um, uh, petroleum or like biofuels. So every person kind of had a say into what they wanted to do. And then you got to select a partner that you wanted to work with. So let's say me and Sally knew that we wanted to work together. So like we got paired and then we were randomly paired with another group of two And that's how a group of four was created. And that group of four took uh, upon a project and got a mentor. And from then on, you just worked in different pieces. You had deadlines as to like, this is when you have to have your project model. This is when you have to have the finances modeled. We have presentations throughout the semester. Uh, Mentors from other groups kind of judged how we presented, what could have been done better. They asked us questions. So it gave us a real world example of what you might encounter presenting a sort of project to higher ups like CEO or directors or stuff like that. So that I'm really thankful that we had that chance. Unfortunately, that's when COVID happened. (laughs) So 2020 began and we suddenly had to change it all to online because usually what would happen is we complete our projects, we do a giant poster, we have a engineering expo, so all sorts of engineering go into this auditorium and present and there's judges and you get graded and you you kind of have like winners for each section Uh, unfortunately that was not able to happen so we had to shift gears and everything had to be online and we ended up doing a whole um, 
website for this project. So I still have the website. <laughs> it turned out pretty cool. A lot of stressful nights, but I'm really proud of what my team and I were able to accomplish in such a short amount of time and with so many endeavors and hurdles left and right. If I could just ask another clarification with that, when you say that you had to like secure finances, was that like literally you had to like come up with a way to finance maybe some of your inquiry or was this theoretical finances? Like, well, if we could get soil samples and we could test them, this is what we would do. How did that, I'm just in terms of um, how that fit into the project, what was that, what was that like? It was more theoretical, uh, but we did have to look at actual equipment uh, pricing and uh, return of investment, sort of like what would be the added costs of workers, of like people working either 24-7, two shifts, three shifts, uh, equipment costs, replacement, uh, upkeep, and all that sort of stuff. We had to take that into account. So it wasn't just engineering. You also got a little bit of the finance aspect behind the scene. So you had a successful uh, presentation of this capstone project and you graduate. Did you know right away that you were going to go into grad school? And how did you know which particular uh, field uh, that you wanted to go? How did you come at that, to that decision? Uh, sure. So it was a successful project. Um, the project itself, I don't think I ever touched on the name. It was wastewater treatment for a fracking site. And it also was a mobile wastewater treatment. So instead of the water being taken into a specific location or having to be transported, the equipment would come to that site and clean up the water so that it could be used for more fracking. Um, so yeah, so that ended up being a very new and innovative thing that we did, uh, even just for the department, because not many teams before our time tackle that sort of problem. So it was nice to kind of set a headway into that direction because now looking back at like my pre like the following generations from after I graduated there's some newer uh, projects that kind of led in that way uh, and then to answer the second part of your question with the grad school I was not planning to go to grad school <laughs> right away <laughs> but COVID happened and it just kind of turned my world upside down with the job hunting and trying to figure out where I was going to go. I had a job lined up for consulting firm sort of to do um, kind of like protection and environmental stuff. So I had that lined up, but unfortunately that got retracted and I didn't have a job in the works. So I got an email from UIC saying we are more than happy to have more grad students. We're promoting it by giving base tuition for free, you kind of just have to pay the differential. And and I took it as a sign and I applied for grad school. And the reason why I wanted to do energy, like I mentioned, was either going to water or going to energy. UIC only had the field in energy. So I took in that route and it I was able to finish it in a year and a half, thankfully, as well. So what what's what would you say is the difference in the type of work you do as an undergrad to then graduate student in terms of its maybe intensity or um, the type of uh, work that you have to do? What would, how would you maybe categorize the difference between the two? I would say the difference is mainly um, undergrad, you're kind of given some sort of 
structure, more prepared in that sense. Masters, you are given what you have to do, you're given the deadline, and you have a paper due at the end of the semester. And this is the steps that you should do to do it. You're off on it and you're on your own. Undergrad, you kind of had deadlines that you had to prove that you had worked on that project. Uh, so I think intensity wise, Masters obviously was more just because the rigor was faster and the quality of work you needed to turn in was much greater than undergrad. And also masters, you have to know your pacing and your capabilities. So I think having done undergrad, you sort of find that what clicks for you and what works for you. And masters is where you get to fully embrace your study skills, your work ethic and your time management as well you know, you're, you're, you're leading into like a, what, where I wanted to go with that last uh, flourish that you just said right there with the time management and just kind of knowing your strengths as a student. What, what do you think is like a really good study habit or hack in such a way that you felt that really had that, you use this term earlier, return on investment, which is if I approach my study this way, I'll see the returns that much better. What, what's like probably your, your best study habit that you were able to develop uh, as an undergrad and then heading into um, uh, to grad school? I think the best study tool and hack that I found is working in little chunks so I knew I had to put in three, four hours of work or study time. It seems like a lot, but I dissected it into 25-minute increments. So I would do 25 minutes of work, just focus on that, and take five to 10-minute breaks. And that just made it digestible and easy to work with. Um, and I think also just having a planner, a physical planner for me particularly, just makes a lot of difference because I like the feeling of checking off things and crossing off things and knowing that I'm done. Uh, and I have a physical copy that I can see just next to me of like, okay, this is what I need to do today. This is what I can accomplish today. And also I found that for me, it also works doing the hourly um, scheduler, the, the physical copy, just because you're able to, to have that visual. I'm a visual person. I'm a visual learning hands-on. So it just worked for me that way. When you were in grad school, then did you have to develop a new kind of graduate thesis or a new capstone? What was that? Yes, I did have to do a new capstone. So that was my last semester, which was, it ended last December. Um, it was on distribution automation, field engineering sort of work, meaning uh, equipment that helps the grid be more self-sufficient and more reliable. So I took it upon from my internship that I had with ComEd. That's how I got my foot in the door with ComEd was the summer internship with them. So I figured I wanted to learn a little bit more of the background of what I was doing during my internship. And I wanted to do a paper on that. So that's what I ended up doing. And it was pretty open to the topics uh, area for that sort of, sort of class because you could do anything related to energy. So... It's very big and everybody chose different topics. So it was, I think it ended up being 7,000 words if I remember correctly. <laughs> I was wondering if you could describe field engineering a little bit more. I mean, how much travel is involved there and, and how, um, how hands-on is it really? Sure. So to backtrack a little bit, I started my internship with ComEd in June and it actually went on to December. So I've been working with ComEd basically for quite some time now. 
but it got extended because I, the team that I was with and my managers, my coworkers at the time are great. And they also enjoyed me enough to keep me around, I think. So what I did for them, it's called distribution automation field engineering, which, like I said, it has to do with installing, testing, commissioning, fixing devices out in the field that help stabilize the grid and fix any issues and reroute any any breaks that may happen in in the line. So the it's a lot of it's every day is field work, but as an intern I kind of did some background and stuff and also field work just because every engineer in that department has a vehicle. So um, it's called a bucket truck, which I th- I'm sure you have seen them. They put the person in the little bucket and you can go up and control it. That way it's so much easier to get to the devices. So for that job, we deal with reclosers, uh, Vista gears. So those you find at airports. Um, you also deal with like interruptors. These are kind of terms that are not common to to people, but all in all, it's devices that help to to mitigate the issue. So let's say uh, a tree falls on a line, and usually before these devices were implemented into the grid, a crew would have to go out there and fix the line, and it would take it would take time to find the fault, and then it would take time to repair it, and then it would take time to just get everyone back the power. But with these smart devices, what happens is they communicate with each other and they're able to send pulses through the line to see if there's a break in the line. If there is, they're able to close it to close or open and then they can reroute how the service is being conducted. So that way people can be can be restored and there won't be outages. And if there's an outage, it's very minimal and we're able to pinpoint where it is and we're able to send a crew out as fast as we can. That's really, that's really neat. Is, is there in your kind of observation in your work when you were doing the field uh, engineering, you're always looking for inefficiencies and things you're always to make things more, um, again, more fluid. You want better uh, rates of transfer and all that. What's maybe one of the things that you could say like, Oh, we should maybe invest more in that, in terms of a structural or infrastructure type of uh, enhancement that would make things better? What, what, is there anything that you've observed that like that would make it better? I think they're already implementing that sort of stuff. So like I said, just implementing more smart devices that are able to com- communicate with one another and not have to rely on people having to go out and do the work and, or find the work per se. I think that's what they're going towards and funding is increasing. So I think just being able to upkeep the devices that are there or replace and find better equipment that's able to serve our grid better is the way to go. Were there any other places that you thought maybe that you might want to try to to look at or was it ComEd the whole way? I I did look into other companies, uh, other Generating companies. I looked into Exelon. So Exelon is the parent company of ComEd, but Exelon is the generating side of it. So I was looking more into the nuclear generation as well. Uh, I looked into other distributing companies, one in Michigan, some like down south as well. So I, I knew I wanted to do something with the grid or either distributing power or generating power. So I think just 
I, I found my spot and it just gladly worked out and I'm more than happy to be here. Did you enjoy your experience being at a school, a university in the city? I did. I loved it. I don't think I would have enjoyed anywhere else, to be honest. <laughs> hmm. I love the the city. Uh, I'm used, like, West Chicago is not very nightlife or so many things to do. It's a great town. I love it. It's my hometown. We'll never forget. But you just Chicago in general, there's so many things. There's so many ways that you can help the community. There's so many things that you can do day and night. Uh, there's so many job opportunities. It's just, you're in the center of so many things happening. And I think UIC being in that location is able to provide that sort of career attraction as well, because um, companies are looking for UIC graduates as well, just because they know that we're exposed to so many possible internships or job opportunities. So I think it's a great school. So you had mentioned at the, at the beginning of the interview that you were just finishing the first part of three uh, rotations and you were just finishing the, the regional design and then you're going to go into testing and then a third one, which is, um, uh, which is pending as well. Do you get a, do you get a say in which area you ultimately go to or do they put you where your aptitudes are, are best? How does that, how does it end when you go through all three? So at the end of the rotation, which will be in the summer, I'll get to rank the ones that I went through and even the ones that are that I didn't have a chance to go through and that have openings, I get to rank them. And also the managers get a say in, as to who they want in their group. I think Comet has 20 plus groups and then within that subgroups. So I would have seen by the end of the rotation, I would have seen four groups because I'm also counting the internship and the first one that I'm about to complete, and then the two more that I have. So I'll be able to rank them and then just kind of with the managers and sort of coordinate to see where I end up going at the end of this. Do you get a, Do you have a sense of, uh, of your ranking or is it just still too early uh, to, to say? I do want to do field work uh, for the beginning of my career. I know that's what I've been advice to do as well, just because I am young. I'm an incoming engineer in this field. Uh, hands-on, like I said, I'm a, I'm a hands-on learner, visual learner. So I think that also will play to my advantage of being able to, to grow and gather the most information that I can by, by doing some field work, uh, whether it's half in office, half field work or fully field work. I think that's where I'm leaning towards, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait until I have my two other rotations to to have a better idea of where I'm going to end up. Now, would you be based in Chicagoland or what, what is exactly the, the, the reach of ComEd that you would be, uh, what your region would be? Is it the whole state or does it, does it, where, where's, what's the entire scope of where you could land once it's all said and done? So ComEd is divided into four regions. We have Chicago, just because it's so big, we just have Chicago. And then we have uh, South Region, West Region, and then North Region. And that goes up to Rockford, uh, South, like down Joliet, sort of down by the generating uh, by the generating plants as well, and then out West. So it's mainly Illinois, uh, more like the upper side of Illinois is where ComEd is based. 
but Chicago in itself has the most population just because it's a it's a big city but it would have to be in one of those four areas and within those areas there's subgroups of uh, offices and field work and substations so when someone ends up doing a job let's say I end up in testing group I can decide if I go to either of those four regions and I would have to report to that side of um, of our territory. Now you said you know that you were you know that, that as this is something that you're beginning in the younger part uh, of your uh, career. Where do you see yourself in five ten years? I that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I probably still see myself in this company, and I do want to get into leadership and management. So having enough background in me, enough um, information that I'm able to help others succeed and also grow their careers. I kind of see myself in that direction or just even if that's not the case in five years, I want to do that in 10 years just because it is a process to to get to that point, right? Like I want to be knowledgeable enough to be able to lead people and teach them the way and hopefully promote them to one day themselves be in that position. Uh, so just kind of grow myself up to senior level engineering and then go into management. That's where I see this going. That's, that's, that's great. You know, I, just to switch gears a little bit, like, you know, you're, you, you work so intimately with all things of the distribution of, of the energy is as, as working with field engineering and, and seeing everything that you do with ComEd what would, is there a, a, is there something that you would advise consumers of energy? Like what would they, what's the one thing that you notice that people do that is such a glaring inefficiency in their consumption? Like, you know, if you want to be better uh, about this, what is it that they could maybe do to maybe uh, be a better steward of their energy consumption? I think just taking, this is something that I was going to ask to bring up too. Uh, just kind of taking a a look around us to how they use energy themselves. Uh, ComEd has excellent programs that help you see your power consumption and also promote you implementing like smart uh, thermostat or better lighting, just like something that will use less power. And also ComEd has this thing called hourly rates, which if you've never heard of it, uh, electricity gets priced per hour. So you are likely to be paying less if you use your dishwasher at towards the end of the day or super early in the morning when people are not using their power because the majority of people come home, start to do a load of laundry, wash the dishes. That's when the energy is priced the highest just because of the curve that we see there. But if you go into hourly rating and if it works for you, some people don't see the benefit of that. Uh, but if it does, you could save you could save money and energy by by doing this way. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That if you know you could have so much more control over your behavior, and then uh, obviously it'd be so much more mindful of, of the, your own kind of budget in such a way. Ah, that's so neat. Now, I was wondering too, like, what are some things that a, a a, a, a potential engineer that 
would be listening to this in high school, what are some of the things that the, and habits that they can maybe begin to sharpen in high school, like either books to read or certain kind of tinkering that they can do to help maybe uh, become position themselves to have a, a, a an even sharper engineering mind once they uh, head into uh, uh, to the university and college? So I would suggest getting experience with internships. So I, like I mentioned, I had my internship with ComEd. I also had a job while I was in undergrad, which lasted for three years, I want to say. So I started when I got to UIC and then it carried on until I graduated, basically. Um, so I think just being exposed to that work experience and being able to if you can land a job in a field that you're interested in, it'll give you a better sense of if you actually want to do this job or if you should consider maybe tinkering your idea with it or completely switching. I don't think there's anything wrong in switching. I did not end up doing chemical engineering specifically, and I'm loving what I'm doing now. So I don't see that it should that change should be looked in a bad way. It's kind of hard to ask a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old to pick a career right off the back when you're entering. So I think just don't feel bad if, you're, if your attitude changes, if your likes change. Um, the time to do it is when you're in college still or even when you're starting your career. I think that's a, a good way to look at it. Uh, and also just be accepting of, of change, not just in career-wise, but also in your habits. So if you don't like how you did high school, I think you could start tinkering in the sense of, okay, this study tool did not help me. Maybe I should try this. So just kind of doing trial and error. As an engineer, you're going to face that a lot in your own personal life and in the career. It's about trial and error. And unless you don't fail, you're not going to learn from it. And I think failing is what makes you grow more as an individual and as a, as a professional as well. Well, Evelyn, you know, usually I ask at the end of the interview, like, what are some tips for success? And you already got, you already gave it. <laughs> that was awesome. That was great. I, that's usually my last question. You just kind of uh, <laughs> delivered on that. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> that was so great. Well, Evelyn, this has been so great. Con, you know, congrats on this great uh, new uh, job that you have here and best of luck with the, the, the remainder of your rotation. This has been really fun. And thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Sure. Thanks. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening. Help spread the word about We Go Places podcast by sharing this episode with one other wildcat. As always, find past and future episodes on Apple or Google Podcasts or any other platform. Just search We Go Vox. That's We Go V-O-X. You can also stay current by following us on Facebook at We Go Places podcast or on Twitter at at We Go Places.